All right. Uh, let me make sure my audio level. It defaults to like 40. It's way too low. Sorry about that. Raising up volume level. <clears throat> That's better. So, uh, welcome to Saberland. Um, doing better this week. Uh, I was, um, yeah, last, last week I did the episode Sunday during the Bills loss. It was miserable. But I got like some, I got some uh, somewhat dis- not even just dist- eh, it was distressing it wasn't disturbing but it was distressing uh health report uh um went in for like a checkup and yeah i, I mentioned my head my blood pressure was high it still is but i'm I'm dealing with it so i, I was back this morning for a um a follow-up uh and he just and uh so i just need to i gotta get my wa- i finally this is this is the final reason that i'm gonna get a, a park slope Y membership i've been putting it off for all this time now i realize my life is on the line so i have to I have to do that. Um, but, uh, that's okay. You know, these, these things in the, in, in life are all treatable. Um, you got to go to your doctors and you got to treat your stuff, make, get yourselves right. Um, the thing I learned, uh, um, yeah, because my, my health history is one, is one of, uh, defined by, um, events which seem, which are for which I could not have prepared or prevented, um, and yet I dealt with, and yet they were sort of e- over immediately. Um, so it's like easier, it's, it's easy-ish to understand an inexplicable singular event. Um, however, um, what the adult does is deal with situations that can be remedied. Uh, so that's, 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 and that's what something like high blood pressure is. So that's what I'm doing. Um, so nevertheless, no, never fear, uh, Saberland will continue. I am not dead, nor will I die yet, I hope. Um, well, of course, we, one never knows that, does one. Um, but uh, I'm all right. Uh, and, uh, and but the Sabres are not. So, um, um, again, this is the thing. It's like, it's, well, actually, I'm probably, I think the overarching metaphor for this week is going to be... Um, yeah, it's it's you know it's I, what I the, the sort of re- relationship to one's health that I just rep- explained with myself is also very similar to my relationship to the Sabers, and I will explain that as we go along. Um, so I believe this is episode this is the Michael Pekka episode, December twenty seven. Um, let me double check that. I apologize for never doing any research beforehand um, or preparation, but that's just that's the way Saberland goes. Yeah, this is going to be twenty seven. So. Um, Welcome to Saberland. Uh, enjoy the theme song, and uh, I'll see you right after this. back um just doing some stuff this today on this uh, uh make sure this is going right yeah and almost done almost done okay um <clears throat> so yeah uh so what happened last last week or what i was just sorry what i was just saying in the opening was um it's uh 
for me, um, so my, my left lung has, ha, yeah, it has spontaneously collapsed um, at least four times, uh, maybe five, although if that fifth one did indeed happen, um, and I'm not sure that it did, uh, it was so minor, it doesn't really count, and I never went to the hospital. Um, I only say that because there was one time upon my moving here to New York that I was at work, and I felt this strange sensation in my chest, but... Uh, um, that was almost, it was in the same league as a pneumothorax, uh, which is what that is called, um, but I don't think it was another instance, but I don't know that. Anyway, um, Google spontaneous pneumothorax, um, and don't forget the silent X at the end. Um, it, uh, it's an interesting thing. It only happens to tall, thin, young men, or predominantly, it doesn't only happen to tall, thin, young men, but predominantly does. Strangely, if it happens to a woman, it's almost... Apparently, it's almost always related to some horrifying um, other problems. Uh, there's like a disease that, I forget what it's called, but it's almost assuredly fatal. <laughs> it's not even funny, but uh, women typically don't get spontaneous pneumothoraceses, uh, thoraceses. Um, men do, and uh, I did, and uh, it's not fun. It feels like being shot by the world's thinnest arrow, uh, because you feel the thing on both, on the front and back, um, whereas I did. And anyway, um, I don't need to get into all that. I, side note, one, I was once, I was, we used to consider, before I wanted to be, I, before I wanted to become a professional podcaster, which I have now done, um, I wanted, I was thinking of running something like Gordon's Health Problem Blog, uh, in which I would write about funny ailments of the, um, of the body, but, uh, didn't do that, and glad I didn't and won't uh, at this point, but um, I was going to just have people come and talk about their things that have happened to them or things that they know about, but uh, I'm sure it would have it would have been the classic, like, great first episode, if that, and then just to sort of wane off into a sort of a sad end, um, <laughs> if we can all relate to things like, oh, like that. Um, but uh, the point being, with the pneumothorax, it's... Um, Again, its medical name has the word spontaneous in it, so uh, I'm, I'm not a smoker, never have been. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't due to exertion or uh, any sort of other thing. Uh, it just is known to happen to people of this size. Sometimes it can be related to um, uh, Marfan syndrome, a.k.a. the tall man's disease, which I do not have, although I have nearly em every symptom of it except a few critical ones, uh, at, at least according to a an expert that I once saw in Buffalo when I was much younger. Again, I have almost every symptom except my retina failed to detach uh, when he, like, n gently knocked against my temple. Um, apparently that's a, a dead giveaway. Uh, also, there was some sort of critical ratio from um, toe to pubic bone to crown uh, that I was in, like, the healthy range, uh, as opposed to, there's a mar I guess there's a Marfan range, uh, or ratio, range of ratio, uh, that I was, I was not within the danger zone, so I was okay there. Very interesting stuff. At any rate, uh, so the pneumothorax, um, and by the way, my Marfan syndrome is a connective tissue disorder. Um, anyway, uh, that, that also can lead, that can be a reason why something like, uh, your, the, your lung falling apart could happen. At any rate, when you when it's for me when it's a relatively isolated incident um, <clears throat> or incidents, 
it's sort of it's difficult to process at first because you're in the hospital for a week or so, and then you think, well, what have I done to to cause this? What have I done to deserve this? Because um, I was 21 at the time, and uh, these all happened kind of before I was 25, so I was very young. I would, and when you're when you're on the when this happens to you, you're on the like the the, the pulmonary floor, at least at Buffalo General Hospital, which means it's all lungs and hearts and and the like, and uh, somewhat predictably, all the patients are kind of on the uh, they're on the north side of 65. Uh, or at least 50. Um, and typically, when they have things going wrong, it's sort of like, what's the worst? What's the worst thing he going on here? Uh, you know, sure, maybe you're, yeah, it's like, sure, yeah, your kidneys, sh your your kidney doesn't work, sir. However, this is not the floor for that. Um, meanwhile, you can't even breathe, so you're going to be here on the lung floor. Um, forgive me for being uh, trite or um, unfair to them but uh anyway there's only i mean you have to rely on humor to get yourself through through, through those things the point is um i was i was not like most of the other people on the floor uh in age or um uh attention span or um <clears throat> indeed uh overall health because i was essentially and the weird thing it is when you're you're uh when it's when 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 a sort of thing like that happens and when i mean and by thing like that, I just mean pneumothorax or any sort of. Um, I don't know if there would, if there are there are others uh, because because it tan because singular incidents that can sort of strike you down, so to speak, like that um, tend to either be fatal <laughs> or at least life changing or or uh, and or not. Um, mine certainly wasn't fatal. I suppose I, it certainly was life changing, although not so starkly um, as I might have imagined um based on at least in compared to the starkness of its uh occurrence um but uh it's relatively easy to say to, to, to explain to yourself well this is just a thing that has happened and um i know what it feels like when it happens and so therefore i can handle it when it, if and when it happens again and it did happen again to me three times and called 911 got my own ambulance got to the hospital um, by the way, if you ever have to call 911 for yourself, um, you learn a lot about yourself uh, when you are alone somewhere and you realize my left lung has just collapsed again. Um, I was in I was in the Wegmans on Amherst Drive actually. Uh, I was well one of the times um, I was actually I was working that day, um, and then uh, incidentally that I was working as a house painter at the time and actually they. Uh, they just stopped contacting me after that because I assume I'm, I can only imagine that they were worried about a, some sort of workers' comp claim. Um, now, ironically, that I work in an insurance department and alongside workers' comp people, I realize I suppose I could have done such a thing, um, but I'm not that kind of person. And also, the, the two were not related. Um, but uh, those uh, <coughs> that those the people I worked for were terrible people. Um, but that's okay. Uh, I'm, I've learned from it and. Um, you know, again, you learn you learn a lot about yourself um, when you go through things like that. Um, but you, but but uh, anyway, it's it's relatively again, I, it's relatively easy to for it was for me at least to understand these sorts of things as um, I know what's going on, uh, I know what this feels like, and uh, and I also strangely know that I'm pretty much otherwise completely healthy. Um, a lung collapse could be fatal if it's if it's you know I think if you I think the 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 worst instance for me my lung was fifty percent collapsed 
Um, so I suppose well, you could either, depending on what day, on how, how how much the sun is shining outside, some days I might say my lung was half half inflated, some days I might say it was half deflated. But um, and today, of course, the sun is not shining, but uh, nevertheless, my spirits are somewhat cheerful. Anyway, um, uh, if it was, if so yeah, my lung was about halfway down. Um, apparently, if it had been more so, at a certain point, um, you know, 10%, 100%, that's dangerous because the internal pressure can, can really put a lot of burden on your heart, which can cause it to uh, explode, <laughs> as a doctor once told me. So that would be a very dangerous, that would be a very serious situation. And that's why these sorts of things can either, as I say, kill you, sort of, you know, or at least be very serious, or not. Um, and for me, it's very painful, it was very traumatic, um, mentally very t taxing on a longer tail than I expected. Um, but um, but again, it's but the point is, I, what, what I would always sort of, how I sold it to myself was, there's nothing I can do about this. I have no control over this except in my reaction. However, I can take solace um, in the fact that is... Um, that it will be once it's passed, it's gone. It's like it's literally like a comet that comes and goes, um, or you know, or something, something, um, some sort of force of act of God uh, that um, either will will either utterly strike me down or won't. But then there's some sort of maybe this is the buffalo in me, but there's some sort of um, there's some sort of perverse optimism about all of this that um, once I get through this thing, it will just be better by virtue of the bad stuff being gone. But there's always this sort of um, inherent also uh, feeling that there's no control over any situation, which is sort of our w at the whim of the universe, um, whether it's uh, the, the human body or the celestial bodies or the earth or whatever, or other people. Um, there's a sort of lack of almost responsibility because you don't need to there was never anything you could have done to prevent it. Whereas, and so, and so after these episodes of lung collapse and things, I, I found myself sort of um, always on the lookout, uh, I think, understandably, I would say, and I don't, you know, on lookout for um, a, like a recurrence. And it did happen a few times. And I had a couple surgeries on, uh, for, for, for these, for my lungs, um, which did leave me with some nerve damage, uh, which kind of, interestingly, I've learned the sort of roadmap of, my nervous system um, on my body, and the, particularly my the left, or which is, of course, I always found funny. The um, you know the Latin roots of the word, the words sinister and um, dexterous. Um, sinister also means to the left, uh, whereas dexterous means to the right. Um, which I always thought, s small side note, I always thought it was interesting that the word ambidextrous um, s seems to imply a sort of favoritism towards the people who are uh, use their right hand because if, if you're because of course in modern in conventional English ambidextrous means you can write with both hands uh, I mean um, uh, in the vernac I mean as, as an expression you would say you can I can write with both hands um, I'm equally good at with both sides of my um, but essentially what you're saying is you're equally right-handed on both sides whereas uh, I have learned that ambisinister means that you are terrible and you can't write with either side, which also means that you are doubly left-handed, which I always thought was funny. Nevertheless, um, my sinister lung, which is, is what I like calling left old lefty, um, is uh, was was the one that um, I learned that my my 
certain um, veins sort of uh, nerves wrap around. Um, so my incision sites were sort of down the side of my chest. Um, but then, and I learned, of course, your nerves wrap from your spine, kind of wrap around you. Um, so places on the left side of my chest all the way to like the front, i.e., um, or e.g., uh, literally over top of my heart. Uh, that's where the my nerves didn't really work for several years, um, which is kind of a scary thing because I would feel strange sensations over top of my heart, uh, which is not good because it's very similar to um, all the warning signs that you ever see on, you know, uh, prescriptions or things are... Um, uh, they all say, you know, um, call your doctor if you feel sudden dizziness or... Uh, Make sure to call 911 if you suddenly feel uh, faint or if you feel your heart beating or if you need to sit down or if you are sad. And it's like, well, those are all things of me all the time, so I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and uh, But of course, but nerve pain or nerve damage can kind of give you all those sensations, and, but they might just be, maybe I had a little caffeine this morning or too much caffeine or maybe I just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And... Uh, there were a couple difficult years there. So anyway, um, but I sort of was on the lookout for, does this little sensation mean um, that there's another monolithic occurrence coming into my life to blow me off course? Or, or, or rather, it's like I was, a, I was like a bobbing buoy in an ocean of misery. The wind could come, uh, a storm could, could, could come up and, and blow me over for the night, but then I'll bob up again, and there I am floating along in the ocean as good as ever. And fine. Um, but, you know, more recently in my life, I've realized that uh, if you're just a buoy, you're never going to, you're not going to go anywhere. And I've also come to learn that in a lot of ways, um, as much as there are, of course, they're really, I'm not taking away from my, my understanding or perception of these lung occurrences. Those, that's, that was a, I think I was, I was, I, I still think that's a perfectly good way of understanding something that is spontaneous. Um, but there are plenty of things in life uh, that can you, you can deal with and I, I do have control over, and uh, that's what I'm learning. And so that's what something like this, uh, whereas I, because I went into the, I, I, a few weeks ago, I was just feeling a little off, um, not thinking I had nerve pain, but I did, I was like, um, I do get, I do get heart palpitations occasionally. Um, I, I, we do, in our family, my family, I do have uh, a history of a lineage of, mitral valve uh, issues, which is a heart valve. So I, I go to get an echocardiogram every few years and uh, was like, well, this is time to go. But sure enough, he finds uh, my blood pressure was high, which um, had never happened before. And, you know, but again, it doesn't mean this is not something that um, blood pressure is just, it's not, it's not, um, again, a monolithic occurrence. It's not a comet coming and landing or a meteoroid crashing into the earth. Um, and it's not a disaster at all. It's just, uh, it's a new condition is a really interesting word because it's, it's can have such a negative connotation, but really a condition is just, um, something that is true of, 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 of another, it's an element of a situation, um, or something. And, uh, and, and I haven't realized that just that the, to, to treat something is, um, I don't know, that's just something I never really understood until in the last couple of years of, um, it's a way of thinking about situations and actually actively trying to solve them. So how is this about the sabers? 
Um, not that I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, how, I, I, well, I did open it by saying that. Um, I think it was very easy for me in the, um, I think, well, uh, I'll get there. But I feel like, first of all, I don't know whether it's the fact that I grew up in Buffalo or, or what, but um, it was so, it's always, it's always easy for me or, or, or seductive somehow to, to constantly see situations as utterly irreparable. They either work already and therefore prove themselves to be, you know, the, the things are, it's like, it's like anything can only be true if it is self-evident. And, uh, and, and, and therefore, uh, you know, I don't know, the sabers are either good or bad, um, you know, whatever, uh, to make it, a, to, to use an, a, a brief example. Um, and even last week, how many times did I say there's no hope? <laughs> um, there's no, and, and you know, and, and again, that's an emotional reaction, of course, but, uh, but that's really, that it really is a way of thinking about things that I, I so easily fall into. Um, it's as if as soon as there's work to be done, uh, it's easy to just fold up like a, yeah, like a Walmart tent. Um, and yeah, and, and so whereas um, there's a way to, I mean, of course, life can be lived uh, and should be lived, um, recognizing flaws and addressing them or and or addressing the things that give rise to those flaws or and or and amending your life, uh, ameliorating one's life to um, get rid of things that, you know, cause problems or, uh, or, and, or, and, or work with things that cause you problems and don't run away. Um, so, so what, so again, what does this have to do with, uh, my, my, the sabers? Um, I think it was, I think I, I think, for, I think when I, I bought into the, uh, the tank, the so-called tank years, um, and I just sort of explained them to, to my, to me, to myself as, uh, these are just things that I have to get through. And then once we're through it, uh, everything will be fine. We'll have Jack Eichel, we'll have Sam Reinhart, and we'll be good. We have, we signed Ryan O'Reilly. We, uh, I don't know, we, we traded for Robin Leonard. Well, no one really thought that was a good idea. Um, but it was as if, just by dint of belief, uh, things would be better. And then they weren't. Uh, two more years of disappointment, um, of, a, of a depressing reality that is not up that is not commensurate to expectation. So what do we do? Uh, well, fight the team fired, uh, the, the management. Um, and now it's sort of like, and now I, I just find it very in compelling to listen to fans. Um, and, and I'm one of them. And I'm, I'm, I was, I mean, last week I was, I'm one of these voices too saying, uh, well, what do we do? Um, there's no, there's no way out of this. We committed, we, we, we bought it. Like it's, it's as if fans are personally insulted by being duped by the team for a plan not working. Um, and it's as if, and it of course is always, it is always difficult as a fan because again, no matter what, you never have direct control over the, the management decisions of our, over play. Um, you know, so you kind of, it's, I think that makes it a little easier to fall into that sort of, um, trap, at least for me. And I, 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 and maybe some other people, I mean, I, I would think that I'm, I think I'm, a, I'm fairly similar to a lot of Buffalo fans, I, I think. Um, but so it's very easy and, uh, uh, being aware of this lack of control or, or um, yeah, lack of control. It's just uh, how does one make sense of that? And it's it, it's just sort of 
dovetails in with this buffalo belief system of um, of an indifferent and uh, and yet um, sort of a, a malignant div divinity that is always trying to screw us. <laughs> um, and uh, and like the best the and my al my always belief was and I of course I'm aware that a lot of people in Buffalo are religious so they don't it's not it has nothing to do with that um, but it's as if there are forces at work um, above beyond one's control out to to screw the working man or the Buffalonian and uh, and certainly that is seems that's that's a thing that's easy to fault to believe when you watch a lot of Bills and Sabers because um, it's easier to it's 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 like it's a it's the the explanation that that there that someone is out there causing all this um, willfully uh, as opposed to just bungling uh, behavior by those who are making decisions um, it's easier to believe that there's some sort of will behind all of this making it so um, and that you know somehow things will just but somehow someday things will just be better um, and so I don't know so this year this year it's like how do you how do, how does one make sense of this season right thus far? Because um, clearly it's not working, and and uh, you know it's less. There's no pot of gold at the end of this storm. <laughs> um, uh, well, although maybe there is, because um, my Twitter is uh, my my like prospects Twitter is all uh, Rasmus Dahlin, um, who I hope to see uh, at the winter class um, at the World Juniors um, over Christmas. Um, but I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to see Sweden. I'll get to that. But, um, whereas, again, like, the thing, the reality, oh, oh, I mean, the thing that I'm thinking now is that, uh, again, the Sabres team can be, the team can be rebuilt. I mean, the, you know, I mean, well, we'll see how the bills go, but, um, I think I think that the, the the Sabers do you know they do have at least one guy in place who's good enough to be a centerpiece of a team I think or or a central piece to a team um, you know they're so the whole team is so bad right now it's tough to evaluate Eichel um, but he's certainly skilled enough to be an, an, a top ten fifteen or ten player in the league um, I would say um, I don't know that he's ever going to be a you know win the win the MVP. Um, but you never know. I mean, you know, he he's he will he would look a lot better with three or four other really good players around him. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have that. Um, and that's what they you know that's what they need to develop. Maybe Nylander will be will be that guy, and maybe Middlestat in a couple of years will be up there. And um, you know, if we draft if we draft Darlene or if there's another guy, or, you know, if we can get some, you know, if the team can be good, it's just if if if. But um, that's a few years down the road. But again, I think that. I think that you know the, the the remainder of this. I mean, it's clearly playoff. There are no playoffs for this season. That's clear. Um, you know, it's just it's it's frustrating, um, but it's clear that this is just this is yet another tank year. And and that, uh, you know, that's why I think. I mean, I know I've said this before, um, but uh, I would be curious to know what Bottrell really thinks and really thought upon taking the job. I mean. He may have known in his mind that this is just we just got to bite these bullets and keep Gooley in Rochester, keep Nylander, and in fact they're finally playing pretty well, which is good. Keep just keep at least build something there, and maybe that's why Molson is up because I you know I've had after I've, I've kind of I've I sort of two or three beers in ishly tweeted all all the last few weeks, and um, 
pretty much only tweet when I'm watching a game and have had a drink or two. Um, that's okay. Uh, um, by the way, Brooklyn Winter Lager was very nice. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with all the Brooklyn seasonals now. I, I, they're always very nice. Because um, all the fall beers are gone, but uh, that's okay. Um, I also realized, that, yeah, I think, um, I, think, I think that the Molson train is just going to keep riding in the NHL this year, and that's fine. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, whatever. It's like, if, if I'd rather, maybe if there's a chance of letting the Rochester guys develop and keeping him away from there, good. Because um, maybe that, that, that might stop some of, stanch some of this bleeding. Um, uh, we'll just see what, um, what the guys in the NHL level are going to do. Um, because, uh, yeah, I feel like, well, again, it's, it's just, it's just going to be, it's just, it's not the season that I had wanted. Um, and they're, t they're utterly unfun to watch. Um, that game last night against Detroit was just miserable. And I'm sure tonight will be too. Uh, I forget, I think, I forget who they're playing. Um, I know they're in, oh, uh, Carolina. Um, I'm sure they'll lose, um, or not, but it won't be, well, I mean, maybe it will be a fun game. I, I actually am not going to be able to watch, but that's okay. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch the highlights, such as they are. Um, but the, but the season is just going to be about, you know, what, what can and what does Bottrell do to, to improve the team? Um, you know, maybe he can find a way to get rid of O'Reilly. That would be awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, I, w I mean, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to trading Reinhardt. I mean, I, I'm sure they're, it looks like they're going to trade Kane. Fine with me. Um, I don't want him to re-sign him. I mean, I know he's, he's like, he's played well, but it doesn't matter. I don't want that guy on the team. Um, I mean, good for him, I will say, for turning his act around, it seems, and, but, as far as we know, turning it around, but I also, like, I just, whatever, um, I don't care. They're not, the, they're not, they're not there, this team, um, so there's no reason to keep him. But then again, no, there's no, there's no reason. I mean, I, I was gonna, the, the, then again was not with respect to Kane. Then again, you know, they, at a certain point, they do need to hold on to some guys, um, and not and just and not just keep letting letting good players go. So if you can turn Kane into something good, um, you know that's what they need to do. Um, you know I would I would ha I think they should I would happily re-sign Pouliot. Um, you know he's no great player, but I think he's you know he's kind of like a, a taller hat Jochen Hesht, um, and uh, which is fine if he's on a, if he's a third or fourth line player because he can skate all right. He's got clearly he's got some skill. Um, you know, I mean, I think he's just, I mean, he's just, he's a yoke and hash. So, you, you know, and that's, on a good team, you know, that a guy like that's very valuable. Um, or can have some, a lot of value. And is like, and has enough skill to plug, to be plugged in if needed, you know, for a couple games in a higher line and might even, might even play well. Um, you know, I think he was, what, a third overall pick. So, um, you know, I would keep, I, I, I would, I'd hope they could keep him. But, well, it's not earth, earth shaking if they, if they lose him, but I would happily have him around. I'm still, I'm still going to push this Reinhardt for Larkin or something around based around that. Um, I'm sure it won't happen. Um, I would also happily trade Reinhardt to like, um, I, I think, uh, well, any, I mean, any team that's looking for like some, some help, but you know, I, I, I would happily try and acquire a young goalie, um, 
I was reading, uh, I think Columbus is looking to move. They're looking to get rid of defense um, to pick up a forward or something. So, I mean, some people are saying Kane would go to Columbus, which would, I, I don't know about that. Um, but I did remember that, like, I think in my in one of my NHL 17 franchises with the Sabres, I picked up Corpusallo and uh, got him, and he was great uh, as a, the goalie. So I was thinking something like Reinhardt and, uh, and Chad for, like, Corpusallo. Um, and maybe, and if the Blue Jackets would throw in one of their defensemen too, great. Um, and maybe we could throw something else in. Um, but I feel like they, they could use a center, another center in Columbus. And, uh, you know, if, if Sam was playing with, like, um, you know, some of those wingers there, it'd be, it could be pretty nice. He's slow as molasses, but uh, he's not really. Um, he, if, he just, if he has good wingers, he could be a nice, you know, second or third line player. Um, and, uh, yeah, what was I, I had an idea for, like, a cane deal. Um, well, now they're saying, uh, uh, well, Vegas would be, seems like a natural fit. Um, but I think, well, I guess, I mean, Vancouver, surprisingly good. Um, Anaheim is apparently, they've been rumored for him for a while. So, I mean, any of these teams with, on the West Coast with like a glut of defense, um, you know, I think, I mean, I think that could be interesting. And then, you know, just, it's like, it's tough to say, say how far away the Sabres really are, but, um, you know, I don't think we need to see Nathan Beaulieu anymore. Um, I mean, he signed a two-year deal or whatever, um, but he's shown he's not much. He might be a seventh defenseman. Um, Georges has played okay. He's a, he could be a bottom pair guy. And Teepin, who knows? Uh, he's definitely not, like, positively affecting the game, but I don't know, I don't know exactly how bad he's been. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's the best you could say. Risto's hurt. You know, it's like the, the Sabres are weird, and, and they're not the only team. I, I, I mentioned, uh, I saw yesterday that the Nets, yeah, they announced that, like, D'Angelo Russell, first it was like, eh, he's just day-to-day with knee soreness. A couple days go by. Yeah, well, maybe he'll be out a week now. And then they announced yesterday he's had knee, surgery on his knee, and but they won't even give a timeline. Um, and the Sabres have done similar things, not necessarily with surgery, but, like, they just don't give out any sort of in, in medical um, analysis anymore of like even time frames, which I think is, I think that's crazy. I don't, it's, I don't get why they do that because I feel like you would want to tell your fans how long someone might be out for or what actually has happened. Um, instead, you, yeah, you look stupid if you just say like, well, it's day to day, well, it's week to week, well, it's going to be out the season, well, his career's over. Well, so is my fandom. That's not true. Um, uh, but I just, you just want to say stuff like that to people when they when they just, like, go up there and have these hollow pronouncements. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, you know, and, and, I, and I say Dylan Larkin to the Sabres. I mean, obviously it would be great, but really it's just I'm trying to, I'm looking for some, some speedy talent to get in here. But uh, he had a nice goal last night and a couple nice plays. He's a really fast player um, or fast skater. Um, yeah, so uh, it's just, it's frustrating um, realized with a little, with not an insignificant amount of, of sadness that I haven't watched any non-Sabres hockey games this year. Um, and I don't know that I will because I'm just, even though it's, from what I understand, um, scoring in the, in the NHL is like up this year significantly. And therefore, and therefore one might imagine, or one might surmise that games are a little bit more fun to watch, but, um, 
the Sabres are as, as there's as little fun to be had in watching them this year as I can really ever remember. Um, so that and that extends to my to my look at the, my view of the whole league. Um, I'm I'm a completely Sabres centered hockey fan. I've realized. I mean, I when they're when the Sabres are at least decent, I I I love I can watch any hockey game because I am a hockey fan. Um, and typically, I, I, I just I, I enjoy watching a good game. Um, not this year, um, and I hope not. I hope this doesn't continue. And, I, and maybe it won't, maybe it'll turn around once we're in like winter, and at least there's no it, there's, it's just clearly hockey season. Um, if there if uh, yeah, but I also just I just don't. The only like the t- unfortunately the team that I think I would probably enjoy the most is the Leafs because of what to watch them and know that they've done a rebuild the right way and that they're good and probably fun to watch and they have good young players. Um, but that hurts. Like, I don't want that. Um, you know, but then you look at a team like Columbus that has never picked that high in recent years, and yet and they managed to put together a team without, you know, pick, like totally tanking and picking first or second overall. I mean, they've had some rough years, and... You know, yet the drafting well is not about. It's not only about the first round. I was telling this to someone the other night. Like, I could have drafted Jack Eichel, but who else? Well, Hooley was that year, but you know, they just have had. They've missed on so many second and third and later round picks that like, that's what that's what's killing them. I mean, how many times is Nick Baptiste going to get called up and play a game and get, have and look bad and then get sent back down? Or Bailey lo- has looked better, um, but like that's just that's completely killing these teams it's like all these guys that they pick in ra- in rounds two and three and four um you know they get to rochester and like oh yeah they look kind of good and like let's see if they make the team this year well they didn't they're they got sent down in the last wa- wave of cuts um and then like oh maybe and then like and the you know, fans are clamoring for them to come up and you know they don't do anything um hudson fashing i mean like Another great, tra- I mean, think of that, that about that trade that Murray made. Um, he gave up two second-round picks, I think, and Braden McNabb, who's no great shakes, but at least might might have been a somewhat decent defenseman and provided some sort of physical element that they have not had since on defense since he's left. Um, and two picks, and uh, get back Delorier, the worst, literally the worst player in hockey, um, and Hudson Fashing, who's Seems like a great human and has made had a nice goal his first game, um, like two what two years ago. But like I don't he barely played last season and just I, you know I mean I, great maybe maybe he will turn into something that'd be great. But um, you know I mean I, if you, I mean I think of him as essentially another second rounder. So but because uh, he still was in college at the time. But like when is when are any of these guys just gonna like these like w- people gonna break through? Like Murray acquired all these like big, fast, strong wingers that, you know, Bailey and fast, and they've done nothing. But uh, although maybe Bailey was drafted by, I can't remember what year he was drafted. Doesn't matter. So yeah, it's just like that's just the word, and it's just funny that Tim Murray came in as such a this thumped his chest about how great a scout he was, and I always remember that time in one of his early. Um, press conferences where he was like, he bragged about, well, I could sign a bunch of players and we could make the playoffs and lose in the first round, but is that really going to help us grow? I don't think so. And then like, okay, fine. And I, you know, and to an extent, I agree with you. But 
um, you know, then so we tank and fine. And then finally he tries to like not do that. And, and like, and then he can't even, do, and then he, put, he puts together just like a horrible team. <laughs> and, uh, and he did. I mean, he just, he showed he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't know what he, he was went over his head and didn't know what he's doing. Enough about Tim Murray. But, uh, so anyway, so, so one of my, what's the whole point of this episode? Um, it's easy to, yeah, it's easy to lose your head in the, in, in a moment, um, in a situation. And, um, but, uh, things can be dealt with. I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not going to suddenly become GM of the Sabres and no matter how many franchise modes I play in NHL 18, um, none of them are going to amount to a hill of beans, but, um, but, you know, there are the, the things that happen in this world, uh, you know, what, uh, what an adult does is accept them and figure out how to serve, how to live among them and, and, uh, and, and how to like, how to just manage, manage your expectations and your feelings and, uh, don't lose yourself in the face of things. So a rather not profound ending, um, but, uh. I don't know. So I don't even know. I, oh, I learned I have like 40 subscribers uh, to this podcast, which is pretty cool. So if you're if you're a listener, thank you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I should do like promotional stuff or I should say. Um, I guess I should say my my I think I, I guess I should be a proper podcaster and say like my Twitter handle. Uh, I think I'm, I'm at Saberland pod. I have a Facebook page, but I never maintain it, and I don't even know if it's worth keeping, because I don't even use Facebook. And does anybody use Facebook? I mean, I, mean, I do, but I, 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 I honestly am on it so like my grandma can <laughs> comment on stuff, and I can go and I can like create events, but I don't really think anyone. That's about it. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, I gotta. Um, Anyway, I'm, I, I, I guess I guess that's it for this episode. It's been like I'm talking for like 40 minutes, um, so I don't know. I guess um, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't know who anyone is that listens. I think I mean I know my dad was. And I think a couple friends do, um, but thank you. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm gonna continue to. I mean, I'm still doing these, and uh, yeah, uh, we're just gonna we're gonna move forward together um, somehow. So. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, uh, I feel, I always feel like there was more that I wanted to talk about, but that's okay. Cause I, I, I don't want, I don't, I just don't, I don't like, I still don't like, oh yeah, I remember one thing I was gonna say. I don't remember, I don't like any hockey, hockey podcast like I've ever listened to. <laughs> um, be, I, I, and yeah, I, I, I don't know how else to put it because I just, I don't, the ones that I found that are about the Sabres, I just don't like. And then, and I don't care enough about ones that are about other teams. Um, and yet I think that, I think that, I think this is a, this is no pun intended here. This is the double-edged sword of growing up as a Sabres centric fan. That's what I was getting at before. I was saying the Sabres are my lens through which all hockey is viewed. Because uh, as I mentioned last week, now that I'm kind of getting into basketball, um, I mean, I guess I'm following the Nets, but I don't, I don't have that history and I don't have that, um, relationship, um, and I'm well aware that they're, they too are years from being good. Um, talk about being hamstrung by bad management and bad trades, and and, the, and let alone now, and of course, an utter inability to even draft players. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Google the Nets, and you'll see. Um, but uh, um, 
but I will listen to like the Ringer NBA pod is like my is my is my favorite sports podcast. Period. Um, for one thing, the NBA is just actually fun to follow. The players have personalities. The, there are interesting storylines, and the game is fun and well managed by the league and and promoted. Um, it's basically everything that the NHL isn't. Uh, but also something like the Ringer NBA pod is just fun because they just go and they just equally talk about every team and there's no city bashing um that i'm aware of i haven't heard it yet um because like i was saying in my experience at the bills game the other day it's just all buffalo sucks buffalo's the worst like and then uh and hockey has that too um now i suppose i'm sure if i listen to more fan nba podcasts uh that stuff happens it's not i'm not pretending that there is no there are no bad things from nba commentary or culture or whatever um, but I even get that, and I also, you know, I, I think the other thing is I get this, um, with hockey, uh, so much of, since so many people are from Toronto who do a lot of the hockey coverage that, um, at least is put on mass media, um, and has like, you know, and I never really, I never cared too much for like TSN or whatever, but if you listen even to those things, these so-called national people, they all have this condescension towards Buffalo that maybe I'm just picking up on because I'm it's the same Buffalo stuff I was talking about earlier of which I spoke of which uh but um I don't I, I always just like I get this 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 it's like it's, it's just this condescending like Buffalo is getting uppity again and thinking here they go thinking that they're good and they didn't do the they, they the Leafs tanked with class and the Sabres didn't the Sabres are a disgrace um and then of course they're proven right because the Sabres are still horrible and the Leafs are good but um so but i but like whereas you know you listen to uh, you know, i was listening to like one of the one of the the ringer things and you know they just go around and they talk about the good players like when he t- when they talk about Giannis in uh, Milwaukee no one is there saying like Milwaukee's terrible um i mean they like well no i don't think there's that much of that or maybe maybe i think the worst i've heard is people say like there's not much going on in Oklahoma City um like why did Westbrook resign there? Well, um, so maybe I would be sensitive to that stuff if I was from there. But uh, um, and of course they're going to give more attention to like people in the big cities like Lonzo Ball and Porzingis. But uh, see, even just saying these names is more fun than hockey right now. Like I'm just I'm not interested in like I mean what are the storylines going on in hockey? There's there's really nothing. Um, whereas literally like you know like a storyline right now is like <laughs> like the uh, the sleeve that. Porzingis wore or the headband that Mello wears or like or even just like yeah I mean I, I don't know maybe no one cares about that or just like LeBron trolling the Knicks on Twitter um none of that stuff happens in the NHL and it's just so boring um I don't know I I can't like I know like I know that there are I guess there, I, ha- I mean of course I shouldn't say that I don't like any hockey podcast because there are a number that I found that like I and I follow them on Twitter and I like they're like just fans doing stuff, and like they're clearly excited about players, um, and excited about the league. And I know people who have become hockey fans like in the last few years, and don't have the same clear uh, like uh, association of feelings all over, centered around one team. Or um, so it's just a different experience. I guess maybe that's why I like the NBA so much right now, um, because I I don't have the stress of being a fan um, really, and I don't have the sort of inherent bias because like, and it's all the sort of fun to me. Whereas like, and I guess hockey could be that to some people, but it just isn't to me. Um, now, none of this is to say that 
I think NBA, that basketball will ever be better than hockey because that simply won't happen. Um, I'm just happily enjoying a new thing uh, and we're seeing why other people like it. Um, fear not, hockey cannot be supplanted, uh, nor will this ever become an NBA podcast, but I will in probably increasingly speak of it, even though I, I already do a fair amount. Um, but uh, I guess I kind of, I mean, I kind of wish that, you know, it's like the same thing. I've said this before about, I think in the episode after I saw Hello, Dolly, I was saying how like the thrill of, of Broadway and any live experience or even a good book that you finish. Like when I just finished the King Killer Chronicles, um, some of the moments in there are among the best things I've ever read. Uh, it isn't the best. The best thing I've ever read is still War and Peace. Um, I'll talk about that someday. Um, but as a book, as, as a reading experience, King Killer is right up there with it within the top, you know, five, top ten books um, and just life experiences. Um, and then the, but then I, then I get the sort of little sadness at the end because I'm like, oh, I'll never get to do that again. Sometimes I also wish that I had that for hockey because it's, of course, I, the relationship to the Sabres that has endured over time and through fire and ice, <laughs> no pun intended, um, uh, I never intend puns, um, through all that pain and misery, um, that's what makes it meaningful because someday I do, I've, I, well, here I am again saying I have to, I have to believe that someday it will be all, it will all have been worth it and it will all be, it will be even better because I have been through all of this and I've crawled through the pipe to escape Shawshank and someday we will, someday we in Buffalo will get there. Um, we all believe that in Buffalo. We have this sort of, uh, centered migratory feeling of we're going to get there someday, the promised land. And I love, I do ultimately love that, but that's my relationship is to that hope, that sort of moribund hope that uh, it will all be better. Um, whereas, whereas the NBA is just sort of this sort of uh, weightless optimism. Um, that's very fun. Um, so, yeah, so... Um, so my podcast is none of, is is not that obviously mine is I mean like I spent the half of this talking about my lungs and being in pain, um, and that's of course that's what I would have it no other way in Saberland, uh, but um, I don't know uh, you know I look at these podcasts as like just sort of improvised personal essays I took a lot of classes in college I, mean, I was a creative writing major um, and I suppose I. At the time, certainly saw myself as a novelist uh, someday, and I suppose I, I am, I guess, still working towards that. I'm working on quite a large thing right now. Um, well, I'm working on a, an epic poem about a fat knight called Sir Eric, uh, and I've written about 35,000 words. So if you, if you listen to my other audio drama podcasts and pay some attention, um, you'll have heard of Sir Eric referenced uh, well, how he's getting his own story. So, I, I mean, 35,000 words, I don't know if you, if anyone out there knows exactly how, what that translates to, but I will tell you it's, I don't know, uh, two to three months of almost daily writing. Um, now, that has not been consistent because I started a while ago and took some breaks and things, but um, yeah, it's a fair amount of writing. It's uh, a novella uh, is about 50,000. Um, a typical novel is about 100 to 150,000 words. Um, and I think War and Peace is maybe, I actually forget the number, it might be half a million, 
a lot of words, and I think Sir Eric will probably be about 250 by the end. So it's I'm, I have a lot of, I have a long way to go, but uh, it's coming. Anyway, um, uh, how did I get into that? Um, oh yeah, so I I so I I, I am still um, writing fiction, uh, but I took a lot of courses in what they would call creative nonfiction or CNF, uh, which was. You know, doing things like what Joan Didion did, or, um, uh, or yeah, or, or, or maybe uh, David Foster Wallace. And that was a little more, it was a little slightly more experiential journalistic stuff. Um, Joan Didion's the best example. She's probably the best one, I think. Um, basically, at writing, writing about, writing stuff that is understood to be firmly based in your real experience, um, but is still creative and might have might be uh, a bit of an ex an, a representation of what happened. Um, that's, I guess it's difficult to explain. Somehow it's, it's but firmly based in reality uh, is the best thing I can say about it. Um, so I sort of, uh, they, that's what I look at these podcasts, and they're typically centered around hockey, but uh, um, I intentionally don't really do any any sort of, or rarely do any proper research because I don't want it to be. It's not. A, it's not. It's not a statistical sh podcast. It's not. Um, I'm not trying to armchair GM or um, or IKEA sofa GM the Sabers. Um, even if I do talk about things I'd like to do, uh, that's all. That's PlayStation GM. Um, yeah, I think it's it's it's. This is what this is. It's sort of. Uh, it's an extended, improvised personal essay. Uh, so. Yeah, that's that's what these are are always going to be. So that's why it could be about anything. Um, so whether you're still listening or not, uh, I don't know. That's that's the point. So um, all right. Well, it's been it's it's been a long one today. Uh, we got we got a game tonight. Um, Hurricanes, and then Bills are playing tomorrow afternoon. I probably won't. Well, I will watch that. Let me think. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Peterman does. Uh, then Thanksgiving's coming up, so have a good Thanksgiving, of course. And um, yeah, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back next week, um, sometime over the weekend, and do another episode. So, uh, meanwhile, I'm gonna go get a membership to the Y, and I I'm gonna start swimming. Even though now Matt Weiner is uh, in, embroiled in an embroglio of sexual um, harassment and pervasive uh, abusive behavior. Uh, I still thought of the Mad Men scene this morning where Don is given is told he has high blood pressure and uh, needs to go exercise more. Granted, he's a smoker and very stressful, stressful job, but my job is actually quite stressful too sometimes. Anyway, um, so just like Don, I'm going to go get my membership and start swimming. So that's my goal. So uh, with that, um, maybe I'll start a swimming podcast. I won't. Um, all right. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed episode 27. And uh, I will, uh, this, is, this is Gordon signing off, and I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>